If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 119 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on November 7th, another new month, the first November edition of Yapping Yankees this year in 2021. Well, the World Series is over. Braves in six. They are our world champions for 2021. Braves in six games, as I had predicted, so that's pretty cool. At least before the series started, not from the beginning of the year. And all the while, while the World Series is over, it's also getting colder and colder and colder, guys. (laughs) And Daylight Savings is here too, as if I need anything else to push me further into my annual winter exile. (laughs) Can't wait for that sun to be gone at 4.45. But nevertheless, come on Mike, you could do this. (laughs) I hope you're doing well today at least, and I hope you enjoyed the World Series as I did. Not only is it always a treat to see the Astros lose, but the World Series itself was exciting, at least to me, and... The Braves, the 2021 Atlanta Braves, my God. You might forget, but they only won 88 games this year. And without one of the sport's top stars in Acuna and a top pitcher of theirs in Soroka. They stormed to the World Series going through the Brewers and through the 106-win Dodgers and won for the first time since 1995. That's two years before I was even born. (laughs) Just what a story. I mean, the Braves fans have definitely waited a long time for this. And if there are any of them listening to this episode here today, I just want to say a quick congratulations to you from this Yankee fan and that your team was truly special this year and they definitely deserved it. They never gave up despite all the crap they went through. And they're going to make a damn good story for years to come, the 2021 Braves. They definitely earned this. So, as much as I wish it was my Yankees, obviously, congratulations to the 2021 Atlanta Braves. And just a little fun fact, many of you may recall this, but the year after the Braves won last, the Yankees won afterwards, the very next year. So, my fellow Yankee fans, keep that in mind. And now... It's officially the offseason for everybody. For the Yankees, though, it's already been that way for some weeks now since they lost right away in the wildcard game. And since then, we've covered what happened with the coaching purge, Boone coming back. We covered shortstop last week. We've hit on different facets of this team one by one, as I said we would, while addressing other news as it comes in. And we're continuing that, obviously, this week. This week, my friends, the discussion, and it's as polarizing as it's ever been, 
is the catching position. (laughs) We all know how controversial Gary Sanchez is in the Yankee community. You don't need me to tell you that. But this is what's on the docket for today. Another main position of need to many people, a position of concern in the mind of many Yankee fans, so I'm attacking this one next. Who should be behind the plate? Who should the starting catcher be in 2022? And even thereby, maybe, depending on who it is, even afterwards, possibly. Gary again? Should Higgy be the main guy, Higashioka? Should they look elsewhere? What are the options elsewhere? We're going to get into all of it pertaining to that for this week's social media segment since it's the main point of discussion for today. But, 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 before that, I want to mention a few things that have happened in the last few days that naturally happen right after the World Series ends. Teams had to make decisions on club options. Players had to make decisions if they had a player option on their contract on whether or not they wanted to use them. And... Some action also happened through waivers as well, and it did especially with the Yankees. And today, here on Sunday, is that day for clubs to either exercise that club option or for player options to be exercised, and also the final day for any qualifying offers to be made. But I'm going to mention all of those things that happened before we get to the catching discussion, all the things that happened in Yankees news with waivers, with options... The whole deal, guys. I'm going to mention all of those things that happened in just a moment in Yankees news for this week. Right after, I remind you quickly to follow Ball9 on all social medias at Ball9. Be sure to visit their website as well, Ball9.com, and follow yours truly on social media as well, of course. Me, Mike Scudero. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. At Mike Scudero is my Twitter, and at Mike Scuds97 is my Instagram. And also be sure to subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees. Show it some love on all four of the platforms it's available on. That's YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Be sure to subscribe everywhere. Leave a like down below if you're listening on YouTube. Leave a review on the others. Do your thing. Show it some love, guys. You guys are already so good at that, so just keep it up. All right, so Yankees news for this week with these decisions and moves that have been made, as they always are, immediately following the World Series. And these things all happen at the end of the week, just days ago, of course. Firstly, and most importantly of the bunch, I would say, is that on Thursday, and I'll go through these one by one and talk about each of them as we go, but Thursday... It was first announced that Brett Gardner declined his player option and the Yankees declined the club option because if you remember when the Yankees re-signed him last winter, there was a player option and a club option also attached to his contract to be addressed this winter. And now it is. Both were declined by each of them respectively and Brett Gardner is now a free agent. So if they want to bring him back, they're going to have to sign him to a whole new contract. But if not, then he can either sign elsewhere, which I just don't see happening because of his loyalty and love for the Yankees, or, of course, the other obvious possibility that we've been speaking about for years now when it comes to Gardner is that he could very well end up retiring. Now, you all know how I feel about Gardner. I thought it was personally a mistake to bring him back before this season at any capacity more than just a fourth outfielder. 
And that's really what they anticipated on using him for. And they tried to, but then, of course, team circumstances really required otherwise. Hicks went down for basically the entire year, more or less, just right after the season started because he needed the wrist surgery, and they needed Gardner more. Guys like Andujar out there didn't work out for a vast majority of the year, especially particularly in the first half. The Yankees were too afraid or timid to put Giancarlo Stanton in the outfield. Clint Frazier missed a chunk of the season, so they needed Gardner out there a lot more. They needed a lot more play out of him. So he played a lot more than the Yankees anticipated on him playing. And for most of the first half, pretty much, I mean, it was just as bad as a lot of us anticipated. Gardner really had a rough time, and it was really looking like it was time for him to hang him up. But then in the second half, he kind of revamped. He was really there when the Yankees needed him. He always has been, through injuries and otherwise, because one big positive about Brett Gardner, if nothing else, is that whenever the team went through massive times of injury, Gardner was always there. You could say what you want about the guy. The guy always stayed healthy. When the team needed someone to stay healthy, they needed a body out there in the outfield. Even if it's not the best option, he was always out there. You can't really find many more loyal people than Brett Gardner with the way he is with the Yankees, both when it comes to coming back, his loyalty with staying with them through the years, and with just always being able to be relied on whenever they need somebody. Let alone the fact that there are very few, if anybody, on this team better at grinding out at bats the way that he always has. Now, obviously, there's more to baseball than grinding out at bats, and I'm not saying every time he did grind out an at bat it had a good result, but you get what I'm trying to say. So for that, I will always love and appreciate Brett Gardner as I always have. But if this is it for him, despite the goodness that he showed, especially in the second half at the end, some people may think he's got some left in the tank after that, and maybe he does. But I personally think, and obviously I'm not making Brett Gardner's life decisions for him, he said he's going to talk about it with his family as you would expect and as he should, but me personally, I think it might be time for him to hang him up. The only way I bring him back is, again, if it's for dirt cheap and if it's just at a fourth outfielder role. I guess I'm at the same spot as I was last winter, except if the Yankees end up getting hounded with injuries again or Aaron Hicks stinks and nobody else could be out there to back them up if there's no better fourth outfield option, then you're probably going to be seeing Brett Gardner a lot more than you might want to again, and there's always the risk of that, and you don't want to be caught in that dance forever which is why I do think it might be time for him to hang them up. But as a fourth outfielder, I don't think it would hurt to have him around. Clubhouse presence, dirt cheap money, the last Yankee around from that 9 team, I mean, that does mean something to me. It might not mean anything to some people, but for some reason that means something to me. It's always been important for me personally to have someone in the clubhouse who knows what it's like to win, especially when that person has won with the Yankees, like Gardner has. And I guess at that capacity, I could be okay with it, but honestly, I would not be upset if Brett Gardner chose to retire. I think it would be a good decision for everybody, ultimately. And I don't think he has anything left to prove. I really don't. He's won a championship with them, and he's proven to be loyal, reliable, and do whatever it takes for this team and this organization. And if you plan on signing him for any other sort of contract that's not a dirt cheap one, then you got to also consider that spending that kind of money on him could also result in hindering the Yankees from spending in other areas of need, which you cannot allow that to happen. So, 
If he retired, I wouldn't be bothered. It's very possible that he could end up retiring now. He's a free agent. Again, I don't see him signing anywhere else. I just see him purely as a Yankee, as many other people do. And I'm pretty sure that after all these years, he sees himself as just a Yankee. So I'd be shocked if he signed elsewhere as a free agent right now. My my personal opinion is that I think he's going to end up retiring. That's just me. They, I could very well be wrong, and they could end up bringing him back. It could be either of those two. I, the one thing that I don't see happening at all is him signing elsewhere. He could end up coming back, but I think he might end up retiring. The main reason he ended up coming back for 2021 anyway was because he didn't want to finish off his career in a season like 2020 without the fans around, without his family able to watch him in person. And I totally get that. I do. I, I, I totally understand that. So when he said that last winter, I was like, you know what? I get it. He wants to come back as a fourth outfielder. That's fine. And then whatever happened, happened with the outfield. He ended up getting a lot more playing time. Fine. Whatever. And regardless, Brett Gardner was far from the main problem with this team. Far from it. <laughs> so the 2021 team had a myriad of problems that went far beyond Brett Gardner. But anyways, I understood why he wanted to come back for that. But the season's done now. He's 38 years old. And he's certainly not the only guy out there that you could get to be on the bench for a fourth outfielder role. So if Brett Gardner ends up deciding that he wants to retire, of course I'll be sad because I'll miss him. There were, there were things that he brought to this team that I'll really miss. The loyalty, the grit, the reliability always being there, especially through times of injury when everybody else was hurt. He was always not one of them. There are just certain qualities of Brett Gardner that I'll miss. A lot of, I, I just feel a lot of like old time player traits with him. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just that's just how it makes me feel to have him around. It does make me feel good, but also I mean, it it is it is time. Me personally, I think it's time for him to go. It's time to move on. And again, that's just my personal opinion. While I would be upset, I definitely would understand and I think in the long run it would be better for the Yankees just strictly on the field. But of course, that's his decision to ultimately make. So Brett Gardner is now a free agent. That's the news on Gardner. And obviously, we'll see what he ultimately decides to do, whether it be coming back for maybe another one-year deal for little money, or if he ultimately ends up retiring. Because again, I certainly don't see him signing elsewhere. So those are my thoughts on Brett Gardner. Thoughts that I've given before many times, and I basically still feel the same way now as I did last winter. So... Those are my thoughts on Brett Gardner. Next, when it comes to options, is Darren O'Day. Darren O'Day did have a player option and a club option attached to the contract the Yankees signed him to last winter as well, and he declined his player option, and the Yankees also declined his club option. So the same thing as Brett Gardner virtually, and he is now a free agent as well. And you guys know that this must upset me because if you remember last offseason, if you were listening or even if you follow me on Twitter or any other social media where I spoke about Darren O'Day, when he was signed last offseason, I was really excited. Obviously, I had seen Darren O'Day for years as the rest of us Yankee fans have as well if you've been watching for years, but we have a lot of experience with seeing Darren O'Day, especially in his Baltimore Orioles days where the Yankees saw him frequently because he was in the division. And Darren O'Day's always been a guy, even though in the last few years he struggled here and there with injuries, like he did this past year in 2021, where he missed a vast majority of the year, of course, but when he pitched, he was good. And that's the part that has me upset, because when he has pitched in the last few years, he's a great veteran to turn to out in that bullpen, submarine, right-handed pitcher, really good stuff, doesn't throw hard, but his pitches are just 
they're disgusting. Especially his sliders to righties. I mean, that's just filth. So, when they signed him, I was really excited. I said he could be a big part of the back end of that bullpen. I also felt the same way about Justin Wilson, who pitched here in 2015 as well, but (laughs) we all know how that turned out. So, that didn't work. And unfortunately, even though I had high hopes for Darren O'Day, he didn't work out either because, of course, he ended up being hurt for the vast majority of the season. And that upsets me because Darren O'Day is a really good pitcher. I've loved him for years. I've always had thoughts of the Yankees getting him somewhere down the line. That wish came true last winter, expected big things, and when he did pitch again, he did fine. But that's just the thing. He barely pitched. (laughs) So his health problems that went away for a little while, especially in 2020 in the shortened season, returned in 2021. And as a matter of fact, it was an old injury. If you recall, months ago... The injury that ultimately put him down for the rest of the year was him straining his left hamstring, which was the exact same hamstring that he had to get season-ending surgery on in 2018, almost four years ago. So that injury, one of the ones that plagued him for a little while, years ago, resurfaced, and he missed most of this year. So it just didn't work out health-wise, which stinks because, again, Darren O'Day, when he pitched, did great. He always usually does whenever he pitches. He's, he's a great bullpen option. So it just didn't work out, and that upsets me because it very well could have, and he could have really been a good weapon out there in the bullpen in the back end, especially when things just fell apart with Zach Britton, especially in that stretch when as Chapman was a nightmare, a lot of the times when Chad Green was giving up a home run derby, and it just seemed like the back end of the pen was falling apart with the exception of Jonathan Loisica, and then after the trade deadline, when they picked up Clay Holmes, and he ended up being a blessing. But my point is, having Darren O'Day around would have helped. But he couldn't stay healthy, and that sucks. So, that's that. I understand why options were declined on both sides, and Darren O'Day is now a free agent, so we'll see what happens with him. But he is now a free agent along with Brett Gardner. And considering O'Day's age, too, like Brett Gardner, he could end up retiring, but I don't see him ending up retiring. I could see him continuing to pitch, but since he is a free agent, he could either sign back with the Yankees on a new contract, which I don't really see happening with Darren O'Day. I don't see him coming back, unfortunately. He could sign elsewhere, or, of course, he could also retire, because he is 39 going on 40 next October. But like Brett Gardner, those are his options. And these decisions did have to be made by today, so they've been over and done with for a couple of days now. But there is one more guy who they have to make a decision on before the day ends. And since I'm recording earlier in the day, there's been no news on it. I have nothing to report right now, but it'll definitely be out probably by the time I'm done recording this already. So, But the Yankees also have to make a decision on Joely Rodriguez, who is obviously a guy the Yankees acquired at the deadline, along with Joey Gallo from the Rangers, and he has a team option, a club option attached to his contract for 2022, so the Yankees have to make a decision on that before the day ends today. And when they do, I guess I'll report it briefly next week on the next episode, because when they do, probably in a few hours, I'll probably already be done with recording the show by then. So, The Yankees are yet to make a decision on that at the time that I'm recording this show today, but obviously they did make the options decisions with Gardner and O'Day days ago. So we already know that. They're free agents, and we'll see what happens with Joely. I don't see why you wouldn't bring him back. The guy has a very difficult time getting out right-handed hitters, of course, but against lefties, he's lethal. 
He definitely would have been put to better use in the day where he didn't have to pitch to at least three batters and he could solely be used as a lefty specialist. But nonetheless, against lefties, he is a weapon out there. And considering how friggin' cheap he is, I mean, I don't know, it doesn't really hurt the payroll to bring him back. So we'll see what decision they make with Joely Rodriguez by the time the end of the day rolls around. And it is a club option, so it's going to be a decision the Yankees alone make. It's not like he has a player option attached as well like O'Day and Gardner did. Now, on Friday, here's the waivers news. Greg Allen, who many people see as a good option for a fourth outfielder, and I don't think that's really a ridiculous claim, but nonetheless, that's not going to happen anymore (laughs) because Greg Allen was claimed off waivers by the Pirates. Tim LaCastro, Timmy Lowe, as many people came to call him, was claimed off waivers by the Boston Red Sox. And Andrew Velasquez, popular name with some people, was claimed off waivers by the Angels. So the guy that people came to call Squid, Bronx native, is now in Los Angeles. Now how do I feel about these waiver claims? Well, basically the same all around, with all of them. I'm not really bothered by them. Greg Allen, I do understand why some people may see him as a good fourth outfielder option. I do. I get that. And he was fun for a bit. LeCastro is a solid defender, and he was as quick as a bolt of lightning. And it was unfortunate how it ended for him, too, with tearing his ACL, and he had to go on the shelf for the rest of the year. That stunk. I felt bad for him. And Velasquez, to be really honest, he was he was a really nice story. A Bronx native, finally getting some time in the big leagues, in the Bronx with the Yankees. And I appreciated what they all contributed to the team for that time span when they were seeing consistent play, but I also think the fan base overrated them. Allen and especially Velasquez, specifically. Tim LaCastro didn't even have really enough time to be overrated much, but I wish them all the best of luck, of course, but losing them isn't killing me like it is others. They were fun for a bit. They brought elements to the team that were needed, like speed, defense, base running. You remember. I don't have to tell you. It was good to see. It was. I'm not going to lie about that. But you got to know that none of these guys were long-term solutions. They could be solid bench or backup players like Greg Allen as a fourth outfielder maybe if need be, like I said, but that's really all. So while they were fun for a little while there, of course, I'll admit that, it's definitely not going to keep me up at night that they lost them. (laughs) Definitely not. I mean, not to concentrate on him specifically, but a lot of people are acting like Velasquez was the next coming of Christ. I mean, the guy was 27 years old, and he's only just getting some of his first looks now. I mean, what does that tell you? And he did good things here and there, but in the grand scheme of things, he wasn't that terrific. He had his moments, yeah, and could he be a solid backup or, you know, just a backup infield option? Yeah, he could be. But I forget which social media segment it was for. I think it was when I was discussing shortstop when I was asking everybody who the 2022 Yankee shortstop should be. And people were mentioning Velasquez and he should be that going forward. Velasquez is not a long-term solution, just like none of these guys are. They're good backup options. They're not long-term solutions, guys. They're not. And that's just the truth. I'm not being rude to them. I wish them the best of luck. I had no problem with any of them. And like I said, I thought Velasquez was a great story for a while there. I said that months ago and I still feel that way. But they're not long-term solutions. And they're not godly baseball players. They're not. 
And I'm only saying this because I've seen a lot of people flipping out about this. People ripping each other's throats out about this. And it's not that deep. It's not. And the way you see some people talking about these guys, you would think they're just all-time talents in the sport. And I'm not saying this to be rude or to attack them. It's just the truth. They're not. They're just not. So, were they fun? Did they bring good elements to the team when they were here, when they were getting consistent gameplay? And were they even a great story, like in Velasquez's case? Yes. And it can be great when that sort of thing happens in sports in general, but especially in baseball. Baseball has always been a top-tier sport for feel-good stories. But is it going to keep me up at night that they lost them? And do I feel like there are no better options out there? Definitely not. But in saying that, obviously, I wish them the best of luck. I got nothing against these guys. Like I said, I had fun watching them every now and again, whenever they were called upon. So best of luck to these guys. I hope they find success where they went. Greg Allen with the Pirates, Tim LaCastro with the Red Sox, Velasquez with the Angels. I wish them all the luck in the world. I really, really do. And they could really end up being some solid backup options for these teams. Who knows? We'll see. But with these waiver claims and decisions on contract options being made, the 40-man roster is now reported to sit at 34 for the Yankees. So until anything else happens, that is what the 40-man roster looks like right now before any further decisions are made on guys like Joely Rodriguez or otherwise. The 40-man now sits at 34. So they've made space for whatever else they got to do or plan to do. And the last piece of news as of this last week was that they outrighted Rob Brantley off the Major League roster and onto the AAA roster, but then after they did that, he then elected free agency instead of going back to AAA. So that's that for now with Rob Brantley, who was basically the third string catcher for the Yankees in 2021. Didn't really bring much to the table, but for instance, like whenever Gary or Higgy went down, he was there when they needed him. And now he's elected free agency, so we'll see what happens going forward with Rob Brantley, the catcher. And hopefully for whatever new team he goes to, he hits better, catches better, and also doesn't make any boneheaded base running mistakes like he did at Fenway Park that one night. (laughs) I'm never going to forget about that. But otherwise, guys, that's all the news from this past week thus far, at least before they make a decision on Joely Rodriguez. But as far as options with Gardner and O'Day, and as far as waiver claims to clear roster spots on the 40-man, that's what happened with the Yankees from this past week. But obviously, there's a lot more work to be done, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes, especially with the remaining time they have left before the CBA expires shortly. That damn collective bargaining agreement. (laughs) But anyways, I'll be mentioning that briefly again too once we start with this next segment, and you'll see why. But without further ado, guys, it is time to get on to the last part of the show, our main point of discussion for today. Like I said earlier, who should the Yankees catcher be in 2022? Who should be behind the plate as the Yankees starting catcher? I did a social media poll about it this week that we'll get to in a second, and as usual, I'll be giving my take on it as well after I give you the voting results from the over thousand of you who voted on the poll, so a lot of people voted on this. There were a ton of replies that I'm 
going to do my best to get to as always, but also as always, I am not going to get anywhere near all of them, so I'm going to do as many as I can, but there was a lot of interaction on this. Like I said before, there's a very polarizing subject, especially having to do with Gary Sanchez. Anytime Gary Sanchez's name is mentioned, I mean, you know this, but the Yankee fan base just goes into a tizzy. So... I'm excited to talk about this, as I always am, but like I did with Shortstop last week, this week I did a social media poll about catching as well, and quite simply put, that was the question for the poll. Who do you think should be the Yankees' starting catcher in 2022? And the three choices I gave you to choose from were Gary Sanchez, Kyle Higashioka, or the third choice being other, and in that case, comment which one you would rather the Yankees' catcher be. So, we got a lot of comments. We got a lot of comments, a lot of votes, well over a thousand. And out of those 1,000 votes, the winning choice of the three, earning 47% of the vote, was other. So, anyone other than Gary Sanchez or Kyle Higashioka. And then coming in second place in the voting with 33% of the vote was the choice of Gary Sanchez. And then coming in third and last of the three, earning 20% of the vote, was Kyle Higashioka. So, it's clear that, at these fans at least, a great many of them, and this seems to be the consensus amongst the rest of the Yankee fan base too in general, people want the Yankees to look elsewhere. And they're tired of this duo here, especially Gary Sanchez, a great many of them. Now, a lot of people think that Gary should come back, whether they think he's still good or just the fact that there's little to no better options out there at the moment. But regardless, some people still would like to see him come back or just think that he should because there really aren't any better options. And then the very few out there think that Kyle Higashioka should actually get a chance at being the starting catcher. So it's very interesting, and we'll go down to the replies in a minute. But my opinion on this, and it's tough because... What I just said about there being not too much, not much better catching talent out there, it's true. And I've said that in the past, and it still applies now. So I'm going to give my overall opinion on this, while also mentioning a lot of other potential catching options out there, and whether I'd like them or not, or whether they're realistic or not, and probably what will realistically end up happening. But speaking of some of those other options, you have Tucker Barnhart, who is a Cincinnati Red, and he's now a Tiger, which... This move was the start of what I expect to be plenty of moves made before things have to come to a complete halt at midnight on December 1st because of the CBA negotiations, where, as I've said in the past, I'll be shocked to see a lockout avoided. So that's what I meant before by I'll be mentioning the CBA again in a minute, but that's just one of many moves I expect to be crunched in there before December 1st. Tucker Barnhart. He was one that some people spoke about and that I even looked at for a while. I, I knew about Tucker Barnhart before, but I just wanted to get a little update on his numbers and really just get an even better feel for him. And now he's off the board. He's a Tiger. So he was with the Reds for a long time, and now he's with the Detroit Tigers. He would have been a decent option. Mike Zanino. His option with Tampa was picked up as expected just not long ago at all, maybe like a half an hour ago that was announced from the time I'm recording, but he was honestly my main preference, by the way. Because basically the only downsides to him, Mike Zanino, is that he has a low average and he strikes out quite a bit. But honestly, especially for a catcher, 
Not to mention that that's just a regular theme in baseball for a lot of guys nowadays. I could easily deal with those things because of all the upside. Because other than that, he's a veteran who can mash 30-plus home runs, which is great for a catcher. He kills left-handed pitching especially. He's a great defender. And if the Rays didn't happen to pick up a $7 million option, you may have been able to get him for a tad bit less than you would if you tendered Gary. And I'd have been more than fine with Zanino being the starting catcher, but again, as expected, his option was picked up by Tampa. You can trade for Mitch Garver. I like him a lot. Some have mentioned Wilson Contreras, who would be going through arbitration one last time this winter before hitting free agency next year. He had a down year offensively, but still has pop with the bat, and he's a solid defender. You've got Jan Gomes. He's a free agent, decent hitter with good defense behind the plate. I'd be fine with him. Uh, oh, God, what's his name? What's his name? The guy in the Pirates. Stallings, Jacob Stallings. <laughs> had a brain fart. He's pretty good. He'll give you a bit offensively, but not too much. He's mainly a great defender, and 2021 was by far his most played season. You could trade for him. He'd be decent, I guess, but again, you'd be getting a lot more defensively than offensively, and he is a great defender. But other than those few names, we know, we've spoken about it before, but we know that there really isn't a surplus of elite catching talent out there. Guys like JT Realmuto, a great offensive and defensive catcher, those moves haven't happened the last few years, nor will they. And he's one of only a couple of guys in the sport who's really good at both hitting and catching. One of the only others that comes to mind is Buster Posey, and he just announced his retirement, which is very sad to me because I love Buster Posey. <laughs> you maybe also have Yadier Molina, but he's not happening. But those are elite talents, guys. Those are truly special players. Even a lot of those guys I mentioned already, they're flawed in one way or another on either side of the plate. It's not easy with catchers nowadays. It's complicated. With just Gary and Higgy, I mean, for the sake of defense, when you think of them two as a duo, you can play Higashioka more, I guess, but then you're going to lack a little bit offensively because he's going to get exposed if he gets too much playing time offensively. But if you can't get Mitch Garver, if you don't sign someone like Gomes, and I could be wrong, but I honestly don't think they're going to get Contreras personally, and you don't get a Stallings either, I mean, you're not really left with many other better options than Gary at this point. And even some of those names I mentioned before aren't really going to measure up to Gary offensively, even if Gary's one of the streakiest hitters we've ever seen. And speaking of his streakiness, we know that Gary will give you some really good offensive streaks and he'll go on some tears every once in a blue moon. But despite knowing what he's capable of, and I think this is where a lot of the frustration with him lies... He's one of the streakiest hitters you will ever see in your entire life. And when he's bad, I, I mean, there really isn't much Major League talent that's any worse. Seriously. I mean, it gets to all-time levels of bad. I mean, he'll give you nothing for months at a time. And you're not going to get much good at him defensively very often. Outside of him showing off his cannon occasionally behind the plate, because he does have a good arm. But on the whole, I mean, you take away those few names out there that I mentioned, it's startling. 
how little true catching talent, especially both offensively and defensively, that there really is out there in baseball right now. And for that reason, despite it being obvious through their words and actions, even going back a year or two now when they talk about Gary, that they are disappointed with how he's done, I think we're going to see the Yankees tender him again. And he's going to be back for 2022. I think looking into other options like Garver, Gomes, maybe Stallings, and again, I don't think it'll happen, Contreras, I'd like to have one of those guys, and I definitely don't think it could hurt to at least look into them. And if you could get any of them, then do it. So I'd be on board for that. It's been a lot of years with Gary Sanchez. I think we know the deal by now. But whether you want him back or not, I think realistically, we're going to see Gary back to at least start the year. What happens after that will probably depend. And then next winter, of course, Gary will be a free agent if he's tendered this offseason. So that's my take on it all. While I'd like to turn to a different option or at least look into a different option, which I definitely don't think could hurt at least looking into it, I definitely think that especially because of the lack of catching talent out there, I just, I think realistically we're going to end up seeing Gary back. That's just my opinion. The Yankees could surprise us and do otherwise, but that's what I think is going to happen. But let's hear your takes on it. We'll start by reading a bunch of replies on Twitter as always, and then we'll read a few over on Instagram before we wrap up today's episode. My God, we're already like 36 minutes in. Even the daylight savings day when the clocks go back an hour, the time flies. (laughs) I can't win. Alright, let's just read some replies. I'll try to get through as many as I can. First up here on Twitter. We've got at Bill O'Connell 714, and Bill says, Mitch Garver, trade some pitching prospects that the Twins need. Oh, well, it depends who you'd be willing to part with. Would you be willing to part with uh, Luis Healer Medina? Maybe you could get away with sending someone lesser over? Because we know that whenever the Yankees are involved in a trade that the opposing team loves to ask for a lot from them, <laughs> nobody makes anything easy on them. But... Yeah, it depends. I mean, who would you be willing to send over? Depends who we're talking about. But yeah, listen, Mitch Garver was one of them I said that I would like. I'd I'd be on board for Mitch Garver. At CJ Leone Jr., they say, I love the idea of Gary Sanchez in a walk year. I simply do not see a better option available. Yeah, that's what it is for a lot of people. And that's what I said before. There isn't, there's not a lot of talent out there catching wise. I would have loved Mike Zanino, but he's back with the Rays. I like Tucker Barnhart. He's all right, but he was he's a Tiger now. So a couple are already off the board. That's part of it. But there are a couple more names out there. But will a lot of them give you much more than Gary will, despite how frustrating and streaky Gary is, along with the fact that you're not going to get much defensively? So yeah, that's why they could very well tender Gary a contract this winter. And then, of course, he's a free agent next winter. Next up, we have at DanB6237, and Dan says, Jan Gomes is a good option. Higgy is very good, but not an everyday starter. Yeah, Dan, I agree. I, I, I would like Gomes. I really would. Like I said, I think he'd be a good option. He's not bad offensively, and he's going to give you good stuff behind the plate as well defensively. And I, that's what I said about Higashioka, too. When it comes to defense especially, if you want to play him more than Gary, then you're going to get more defensively out of him. But if he's an everyday starter, he's going to get exposed, like he did when he got more playing time over Gary when Gary was doing terrible this past year. You saw Higgy start to get exposed offensively a bit, and that'll happen again. 
Laura Eismont, at Laura underscore Eismont. My friend Laura says, everyone else said it best. Gomes with Higgy as the backup. Gary has had his chances to turn things around, but there needs to be a change. Yeah, I, I, I can't blame anybody for feeling that way. Listen, like I said, Gary's been here since the second half of 2016, and he was fantastic then. He was fantastic in 17. Then in 18 and 19, he had his injury issues here and there. 19, he was all right. 18 was pretty bad. 20 was a disaster. This past year, for a little bit of time there towards the middle of the season, he especially got off to an awful start and finished awfully. So it's just the streakiness return you saw. So there's been a lot of time. You're right. And a lot of people are tired of waiting. And that's not even to mention, again, the fact that you're not getting much defensively. That still hasn't really changed, especially with the one-knee stance for the framing and any of that. It's not doing anything for him. At least not enough to warrant you to say, oh my god, what a difference. He's fantastic defensively now. No. So I get it. And again, I think Gomes would be a pretty good option. At RJB5150 says Sands. That is Donnie Sands, right? Yeah, I think that's... I know a decent amount about the minor leagues, but there are definitely people out there who follow it closer than I do. That's Donnie Sands, I believe. He's He was in AAA this past year, and, and he's I've heard good things about him, especially defensively. I hear he's really good on defense, and that he even has some power with the bat as of this past year. That's Those are some of the things I've heard, but I don't really know too much more about him. I'm not going to pretend to. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know if he's ready yet. That's the thing. If he is, then fine. Try to look into him. I'm pretty sure he could be an option considering he played in AAA. I mean, if they desperately need him, they could turn to him. But, yeah, I mean, Donnie Sands, I'm I'm pretty sure that's who you're talking about. But he could be an option. Who knows? Next, we have Rob at Laker477. And Rob says, Jan Gomes is the best free agent option out there. Higgy should remain the backup. I'm done with Sanchez. He has to go. All right, so it's another one. Just Just out of patience with Gary. And honestly... I can't really blame them. I can't really blame the people feeling like this. And you remember, I threw in the towel on him after his awful start. Then he had that great streak there, and I apologize for doing that. But then, especially like the last two months or so of the year, he went right back to giving you nothing. It's just the streakiness. Which is what the Yankees overall were in large part this year. Just streaky, no consistency. That's really what Gary is. At Al Ruggiero 7 says, My thought is honestly bring back Austin Romine to catch four days a week, Sanchez two, DH three, four times a week. Kind of like Mr. Torrey did with Joe Girardi and Jorge Posada. I'm not bringing Romine back. I'm not. I mean, have you looked at his numbers? They're really not good. (laughs) I mean, Romine's really not doing that much. He'll, He'll give you more defensively than offensively, of course, but... I mean, the guy, he can't hit. Not since 2019 when he actually had a really good year in the next man up year for the Yankees. But ever since then, if you looked at his numbers, they're really, they're, they're nothing to really want back. <laughs> so if you're looking for better offense, Austin Romine isn't really it. I appreciated him for what he did for those years when he was the backup. And especially in 2019 when they desperately needed guys with next man up. I, I, I hear that and I don't forget that. But yeah, no, I'm not bringing him back. At JC Lopez 09 says, Kyle is not an everyday catcher. I'm tired of seeing this lifeless play of Sanchez on offense and defense. I'd rather they get a really good defensive catcher that could maybe hit a 240 average, 15 home runs, and 50 RBIs. 
I would say Gomes really fits that. Gomes is solid defensively, and he's pretty decent with the bat. I mean, let me take another quick peek at his numbers here. Hold on, the page is coming up. And he spent half the year with the Nationals and then the other half with Oakland because he got traded, but let's see here. 2021, of course, I got some pop-up ads blocking my view. All right, there you go. <laughs> All right, so he hit 252. He had 14 home runs, 52 RBIs. Eh. Speaking of those stats that you mentioned, that's that's pretty much Jan Gomes. <laughs> it sounds like you're talking about him. And he played 103 games this past year, so yeah, it sounds like Jan Gomes is your guy. <laughs> and again, I wouldn't mind Gomes at all. I really wouldn't mind that. And I hear the people who are just saying, ah, oh, get me a great defender more so than anybody, because, you know, defense behind the plate is important. It's very important. And a great deal of catchers really can't hit all that much, so people are just like, you know what, get a good defender. I mainly care about that more. And I hear that. I do. Especially after dealing with Gary's defense. And a guy like Gomes would fit that description and give the numbers that you just mentioned. Next, we've got at KKamine33, and they say, keep Gary Sanchez unless they can trade for these three catchers, Wilson Contreras, Jacob Stallings, or Mitch Garver. Jan Gomes is a good signing as a backup catcher. Yeah, I mentioned all three of those guys, and I I wouldn't mind any of the three. I really wouldn't. I don't think Wilson Contreras is happening. Jacob Stallings would be pretty good, especially defensively. And I like Mitch Garver. I like him. I wouldn't mind him at all. And Jan Gomes, I think he could potentially be a starter. I mean, he played 103 games this year. And you get Higgy for the others if Higgy's still the backup. So, I mean, Jan Gomes could be a, a good backup, but I think he could be a starter as well. And I'm fine with any of those. I am. So, so I hear you. Other than those, that's basically what I said. Other than that, you're not really going to get many better. Because again, you looked at Barnhart or Zanino, they're both gone. Barnhart's off the board because he's with the Tigers now, and Zanino just had his option picked up today, so you're running out of options, and there really aren't many as there is with catching. Next is Spencer at Musician DMD saying, I'm okay with the Yankees departing with Sanchez if they would make a change. 2022 would be his seventh season, and I don't think he's bottled with so much potential that he's untradeable. I'm drained from his mental mistakes. With Gary catching, it's a question of what new ways will he cost the Yankees wins. And that's not outrageous to say. Like I said, we all know the deal with him. It's been quite a few seasons now. (laughs) So we know what it is. And he does make a lot of mental mistakes. A lot of them. Especially defensively. And it's just puzzling. So... I hear you, Spencer. I, I wouldn't be opposed to it either at all. Like I said, that's, that's very similar to my take. At Lorraine, 429-49-973, the numbers, my God. <laughs> they say Kurt Suzuki. That was a couple of years ago. I probably would have been on board with that, but you're also talking about a guy who, let's see here, he hasn't, the only time he's played over 100 games these last five or six seasons has been one time in 2018, and this past year, I mean, he had a really down year. I mean, it really was his first bad year, like really down year, so, but he's also, what is he, going on 39? Let me see his age over here. Next October, it'll be 39, so he's 38, and it'll be 38 throughout the duration of next season, so he's older, and I don't know, after this last year, I don't know, I'd, I'd be a little, I'd be a little hesitant with that. But, I mean, it's not a horrible option, Kurt Suzuki. He's, I've liked him over the years. I have. But he's really, he's climbing up there in age now. 
and he's been he's been sort of on a decline since 2018, especially with the year he had in in 2021, no doubt. He had a decent year in the shortened season of 2020, but then even in 2019 he his numbers his numbers dropped a bit in some areas, not not all areas, but then this past year they really dropped more than anything in 2021. So it's there are worse options out there. There are worse. I'm, I'm not totally opposed to that, but I I would have liked that maybe a, a few years prior. Next is at baseball Tzar, and they say I think they're hoping for better results from the hitting coach. I think this season actually relaxed him some. Relaxed him. Relaxed who some? <laughs> well, yeah, the hitting coach. They're still looking on who to hire, and I and I heard that they're thinking of hiring the Red Sox guy, Tim Hires, I think his name is, and he apparently, when he was hired by Boston, a lot of the hitters on the Red Sox, like J.D. Martinez, for instance, and Mookie Betts, a lot of those guys, they saw significant turnarounds in their career for the better. So, I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to that guy, but they could be waiting for another hitting coach and maybe see if they can make a difference. I mean, we'll see, but yeah could actually relax him some. Him meaning Gary? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know who you mean. All right, let's see next. We'll do a few more. Let's see. At Cruz Yankee Fan says Jacob Stallings. We've heard that a few times. I wouldn't be opposed to it. At Bronx Bang Bang, they say, I don't think that a significant upgrade will become available. So I believe it will be Sanchez entering camp with the job to lose. Yeah, that's, listen, limited talent out there. And there are names out there, but will the Yankees go for them? I think not. I think, like I said, I think the most realistic thing is seeing them tendering Gary a contract and having him at least start the year. Like I said, what happens after that is up in the air. It depends. But at least starting the year, yeah, I I think you're seeing Gary come back. As much as that might infuriate some people, and yeah, even, even bum me out a little bit. I just think realistically that's going to happen, as much as I would love for them to at least look into these other options. At Geek Nelson is next, and they say, I would rather have a rookie catcher from the minors than another year with Sanchez behind the plate. Well, if he's as close as AAA, I mean, it might be realistic to think of the guy that someone else mentioned a few replies ago, Sands, Donnie Sands, I think his name is. He could be a potential option for 2022. You obviously have Austin Wells, who is terrific offensively, but they're not even sure if he's going to end up being a catcher yet when he makes the major leagues. So Austin Wells is kind of up in the air, and even if they're not even decided on that yet position-wise, even it seems like they're pretty confident with catcher, but they're also talking about outfielder or first baseman. But regardless, I don't even think Austin Wells is set to be ready until like 2023-ish, something like that, maybe around the time that Volpe or Peraza are available. So... You might be looking at Donnie Sands if that's how you feel. <laughs> so, up next we have at Moreno underscore Javier M. And they say, Gomes or Yachty? Well, Yadier Molina's not happening. <laughs> Get that out of your head right now. Yadier Molina is not happening. But Gomes could. I mean, especially because of the fact he's a free agent. Just sign him. See what he asks for. And if it's doable, then get him. Why not? Rebecca, at Peace Now for Life, says, I say Jan Gomes with Higgy as backup. I think Gomes is the better option out there. I won't be surprised if they stay with Gary for the one more year of control left, though. If that's the case, I hope he has a much better season. You're not the first one to say Gomes with Higgy as backup, and I I would be on board for that. I would be. But like you said, it's very realistic with Gary, and that's 
probably what's going to happen. And of course, if it does, then you just hope he does well, because we're all Yankee fans here, and whatever gets them wins, that's that's what we're all rooting for, right? At saw John twelve three hundred said someone outside of the organization. If you start Higgy, he will be exposed. Get a good defensive catcher and start from there. Girardi replaced Mike Stanley, and the rest is history. Yeah, that's very similar to what I said before about Higgy, when I said that Higgy would probably get exposed, as you saw happen in 2021 a bit. And that would probably continue to happen. So you get a good defensive catcher, and a lot of people have said that, and I'm not opposed to that. Defense with catching is, is you know, you're going to find that a lot more than, than hitting catchers, because catchers are hitting less and less. That's part of the reason why the talent out there for catcher is so low. So yeah, get a good defender. It's not ridiculous to say. It's not. At snob underscore vinyl says Carson Kelly. The guy in the Diamondbacks, he's... I don't know. I'd rather someone like Gomes or Garver or maybe even Stallings, honestly. But that's not awful. I wouldn't be totally opposed to Carson Kelly, but I think they could do better than that. I, I, I do. Some of those names I mentioned before I think could be better options. Now, I'm just scrolling up and down these replies. A lot of Gomes, Gomes, Gomes. Yeah, it's a lot of Jan Gomes. I, I can't really disagree with that. My good friend Tina at Mountain Gal 456 says, Jan Gomes is a solid catcher. I always wanted Real Muto, but I guess he's now tied up with the Phillies. I'd take Higgy for the backup catcher. And yeah, that's what I said before. Listen, Real Muto, incredible talent, but it was never going to happen. And Jan Gomes is solid. So... Yeah, it's just part of what I said before about there really not being much of a surplus of catchers out there. Yeah, at Mark F. Ferraro, Gomes, just a lot of Gomes. At Rita Potty Ghoul says Sanchez. All right, so we got a Sanchez advocate over here. All right, let's see. At Nazion Yankee says Donnie Sands. So it is Donnie Sands. That must have been what the other guy was talking about. All right. So, yeah, so that's that's a couple of Donnie Sands, a couple of Donnie Sands votes there. All right. Minor League Donnie Sands got some supporters already. All right, let's just do a couple more. Mike Nelson at MD Nelly says, I don't have a choice for other, but I know for sure my choice isn't either of the other two. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I know some people are just tired of not only just Gary, but even just the the duo of him and Higgy together. And you know what? That's all right. That's, that's fair enough. <laughs> I don't know if you agree with any of the other guys I said, but that's fair enough. At Angel J Rivera 08 says, as long as this catcher is a good defender, then I don't care who it is. Oh yeah, another defensive advocate. That's and again, I understand that. Defense is important with catcher. At Ripley Dennis says, unfortunately, there really is nothing available for a catcher. Slim pickings. Yeah, it's part of it. Like I said, I mean I mentioned a few names, but I've also acknowledged there's, there's not much talent out there for it. There really isn't. At Mike Pandolfino says, they should have traded for Tucker Barnhart. Left-handed hitter, good defensive catcher, but he's already been traded. Yeah, that's right. He's a Tiger now. That's what I said. He's off the board, so you can't you can't do much about that. But yeah, the left-handed hitting definitely would have helped. Obviously, the Yankees can't really get enough of that. And yeah, he's good defensively. I mentioned him as a good option, but he's he's off the board. All right, I have to almost be at like 30 freaking replies by now. I've read a lot of you guys out. You better thank me after this. <laughs> But let's just do a couple of more. Up next, we have at WNL Law 99. And they say, I'd love to see them acquire Stallings from Pittsburgh. Great defense, and his offense is merely subpar. Not the usual thing you expect in 2021 from a strong defensive catcher. 
Yeah, like I said, I wouldn't have a problem with them requiring Stallings at all. Like I said, great defense. You're going to get a lot more out of that, but he'll give you some things offensively here and there. But the defense is terrific, and he'd be a good pickup. All right, let's finish up with at David Rifkin. And David says, Kelly, Stallings, Contreras, or Gomes. Anyone our pitching staff will actually trust throwing the ball to. This toxic relationship needs to end. Yeah, like I said, Kelly would be a decent pickup. I'd be fine with Stallings and Contreras. While I don't think it would happen, that would that would be a good pickup too. And so would Gomes. Those are those are four good names. They are, and three of those four, excluding Carson Kelly, are ones that I mentioned earlier. But I, I guess I could include Carson Kelly in it. But yeah, those are those are good, and they're good defensively. And those are guys that I think it's safe to say that many of the pitchers throughout the league would be comfortable throwing to. So I hear that, and I hear all of you. A lot of you guys are out of patience and say that there are some good options out there, although there's definitely not a surplus of them, which I definitely acknowledge myself. And there are good names out there. Now we'll see what the Yankees choose to do. We'll see which route they go down. But for now, that's all for Twitter. Thank you all so much. The voting was off the charts. The replies were off the charts, as always. And you guys know that I am so appreciative of all of it. But let's head on over to Instagram and read a couple of replies over there before ending for today. And then we'll wrap this up nicely with a bow, guys. Same question applies, of course. Who do you think should be the Yankees' starting catcher in 2022? And since there were three choices and there were just three, I was able to combine one choice for the Insta Story poll, since the Insta Story polls only allow for two choices. So the first choice is Gary or Higashioka, and the other is other. <laughs> just like the third choice for Twitter was. And in that case, then DM me who you would rather have. And 58% of the Instagram vote said other. And the remaining 42% said Gary or Higgy. So again, more people favoring the Yankees making a change at catcher for this coming season. Let's read a couple of replies from Instagram. First up is my friend Julian Gallardi 11 And Julian says, trade for someone. Maybe Contreras or Garver or Stallings. Yeah, all three names that I mentioned. And uh, they would all be pretty decent. I think it'd be safe to say. At the Dark Knight 025, my friend James says, Honestly, anyone else. I'm sick and tired of Gary. Yeah, a lot of people are. And a lot of people know the deal and they're they're ready to move on. At King LJ Styles says, Mike Zanino. Yeah, and yeah, these replies were given in yesterday, so Mike Zanino's option was only picked up today, so it wasn't announced yesterday yet, so I I understand you saying Zanino. Obviously, as of today, that's no longer an option because his option was picked up. But yeah, listen, I don't blame anybody for wanting Zanino. He was probably my top pick as well, or one of my top picks. I think he's great. But yeah, he's obviously off the board now. All right, let's finish up with the final two as usual. First up, my girlfriend Vic Salimo. And Vic says, I agree with everyone saying Jan Gomes. I personally like him the best for a main catcher and Higgy as the backup as long as Higgy is not Cole's sole personal catcher anymore. That toxic relationship needs to end. It's not working and wasn't working at the end. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I went on that whole personal catcher rant too at the end of the year and how that has to be earned, even if your name is Garrett Cole. But listen, I I don't blame you for feeling that way. and, And you're not the only one to say Jan Gomes, Vic. You're not. All right, let's finish up, as always, with my mom, Julia Gina Scudero, and she says, I'm not too sure about catchers. 
There doesn't seem to be too many names up for the taking that are a must-have. I'm sorry to say, but I think Gary will remain, at the very least, to be one of our catchers. Yeah, Mom, I don't really blame you. Catchers, there really, there aren't a surplus of them out there, like I've said, so I don't blame you there, but realistically, and like many others have acknowledged, even if they too would like for them to look elsewhere, and, you know, we, we seem to agree that realistically it could be very possible that they just end up tendering Gary a contract and bringing him back. So that's the deal, guys. I think it's safe to say we have spoken. <laughs> so this was a good discussion this week. It was catching this week. Next week will be another section of the team that we'll address for the main topic. I'm looking forward to it. I already have it planned. I know what it is. And it's going to be awesome, just like the off-season episodes have been so far. But thank you all, as always, for participating in the social media segment on Twitter or Instagram. Doesn't matter which. You are freaking amazing. And the support you all give me with the interactions and the love you show across all platforms on everything is just incredible. Thank you all so, so much. And keep it up. Keep it up. <laughs> and I feel that way about you whether I get to your replies or not week by week. Just remember that. Just keep on trying if I haven't gotten to you guys. Just keep trying. I gotta get to you eventually, right? <laughs> uh, but as for now, that is all for episode 119 today, guys. Remember to follow me on social medias. Facebook fan page is at Mike Scudero NY. Twitter is at Mike Scudero Mike Scuds 97 is my Instagram. Subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four platforms it's available on. That's YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Leave a like below on YouTube if you're listening there. Leave a review on all others. And if you have the time, listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you might have missed. Episodes 34 up to episode 119 today are available on YouTube. And all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on SoundCloud, Apple, and Spotify. Once again, thank you, 3000, for listening to me yap today, my friends. I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, November 14th, when I come at you with episode 120 of Yapping Yankees. And until then, as always, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, Look out for your loved ones, and as miserable as I am saying this because it is getting cold, stay warm. <laughs> and try not to let the sun going down very early depress you as much as it's going to depress me. <laughs> Enjoy your week, my friends. Take care. Take care.